So my sister came in the house and yelled, your dog's chasing my pigs, like I'm going to kill him. And I was like, oh God, I knew she was serious. I ran out of the house and she had the shotgun. Like Chief was like across the creek and she was like yelling out of him to like come to her. She was trying to get him to come and I was yelling at him to go. I was like yelling at him to get away. And we wrestled for the gun for a little while to get her to drop it. I pointed at my chest and I said, you're going to have to kill me first. So I got her to put the gun down, ran over. I grabbed Chief. I threw him in my car and I locked my car. I ran up to my room. I got my bag. I threw it in my car and I left. I guess I'll just live out of my car for a little while. I've drank all the Too young for these memories. Swing no bit of melody. Father's home from the teeth of the enemy. It's a long road when you're on your own. Take care of my broken soul. I remember crying to my mom several times, asking her, like, why I was so different and why, you know, God had to make me different. Was I supposed to be to another family? Like, what, what was the situation there? She would just tell me, you're special. You're, you're not different. You're just special. So don't give up. That is Grace Peters, I'm Andrew Connect, and this is the Unpretentious Podcast. One minute, Grace is in heels and a dress, the next, she's covered in grease and antifreeze. She's both model and mechanic, deeply sorrowful and always joyous. The best way to describe Grace is to say she's uniquely herself, a farm girl from Kansas who dramatically left home to get into fashion. Drugs, doubts, and being alone are part of her story. Here's her telling how this all got started. I've always been different than my siblings. Just the way I acted even, the way I dressed. I remember I would always play Barbies as a kid. I would always make clothes for my Barbies because I never liked theirs. <laughs> like they were all right, but I was like, man, like if only this shirt would do this, like it would be way better. <laughs> and so I used to like make my own clothes for my Barbies kind of thing. And that has honestly really inspired my fashion now because I cut a lot of my clothes and kind of make my own style with it and <laughs> compared to what people wear out here out on the farm it's definitely a lot different it's a lot different <laughs> so you're into fashion you're into your does that mean you weren't doing any of the typical farming stuff because you're this different person or as a kid yeah were you getting the full farm experience or it's like oh she's different she does her own thing or what was kind of farm life like growing up oh so i still definitely had to do the farming stuff i mean especially as a kid when i was about i mean i still had a good childhood a lot of the times we were raising animals we always mm -hmm. had goats and sheep so i always had a lot of responsibility with animals growing up when it came to like tractors and stuff i was actually i started driving a tractor when I was like 12, I think, <laughs> is when I'd have to har help with harvest. And you know, as like a kid, when you're that age, like, we, I didn't ever see like any money from it. Mm. I just, I had to help because they needed the help and I had to do it. And so there were times that I just remember being like, oh my God, like, I hate doing that. I just want to play with my animals or something. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> Started young and I've just grown since then. I mean, when going to high school and stuff kept me busy doing sports. I was in sports a lot. So that kind of kept me a little bit away from the farm a little. My dad had my brothers too at that time. 
but when I got old enough to the point where like my brothers and all were gone and making their own farms and stuff and my dad needed more help, that's when I really started working for him, kind of learning. Since I've always kind of been around learning, I've always kind of had like the mechanics, just the basics of that. And so it's all been pretty, it's pretty easy for me to grasp since, you know, I started when I was younger. And I like, I like the farm work. I didn't quite when I was younger, but then when I, when I've, I tried to have like a job in town once, I think it's like a waitress. And then I was like, what in the world? This is awful. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I'm going to go back to the farm, (laughs) work out there because I mean, out here, Number one, I'm around animals and nature all the time, which is awesome. But it's also my dad will give me a job and he'll let me go do it. He's not like sometimes he will supervise me and like watch me and laugh at me, like (laughs) messing something up or, you know, like Mm. struggling. He will get the kick out of that. But for the most part, I can go and do a job on my own. And I like that. So it kind of gives you some of the independence that you're looking for. And when you said siblings, like how many, I mean, you're a farmer family. So are we talking large family here? Yeah, I'm the youngest of seven. Youngest of seven, and none of the other family members kind of felt this need that you have to get off the farm life? Nope, nope. (laughs) I'm the only one that ever wanted to even leave the farm, or I'm the only one that didn't want to be a farmer or a farmer's wife. (laughs) (laughs) So all my other siblings are farmers or farmer's wives. (laughs) So what do you do about that when you're living in Kansas? What other options do you got going on out there for you? You know, you can work in town and have a basic nine to five job. Of course, you know, you can have your career like the doctor and Mm. veterinarian. My sister wouldn't be a veterinarian, Mm. but I I was never a fan of school. So Mm. (laughs) I definitely, I knew when I was in school, I knew that I was like, I'm not definitely doing something that takes eight years of college because, oh my God, like... (laughs) No. <laughs> Only idiots would do that. <laughs> yeah, like, not do that. About like, I definitely, I would say, you know, I cheated a lot in my classes, I'll be honest, <laughs> <laughs> to get, get through. I had good grades. I had A's and B's all through high school, but I was sneaky about it, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, besides, besides a nine-to-five or a farmer, farmer's wife, like, I'd don't really fit that quota. I started, I really, I fell in love with modeling early because me and my mom used to do like these mini photo shoots. Mm-hmm. Um, she had like this nicer camera and she would actually take like my older siblings senior pictures because like my brothers didn't ever like pictures being taken, you know? Mm-hmm. And so she would always do their pictures and then she would take pictures of me and my sister just, just for fun. And I really just, I fell in love with being in front of the camera like that. And my sister Faith, she she didn't really, you know, it was fun, but she kind of went away with it and didn't mm-hmm. really care for it as much. Whereas I would, I would beg my mom to like, let's go do a photo shoot. Like Aww. if she had a day off for working for my dad, I would be like, can we can we go do shoot, please, please. <laughs> and yeah, so that's kind of what sparked my ambition to want to model. Anyways, you just kind of knew you loved it. Just even even in Kansas, where it's like. How much exposure did you kind of get out and like were you seeing all the big movies and the magazine covers was that all kind of was that something that was part of your life out there not so much i mean the movies that i watched uh that really impacted my life were the disney movies Mm. you know you got mulan pocahontas hercules lion king cinderella even like just i don't know why but those disney movies really 
I related to some of them, like Hercules. I watched the other day, and I was like, wow, I understand why I loved this so much as a child because Hercules didn't fit in. He was different. People didn't necessarily like him, but like he just kept pushing on to find where he belonged, and he did. And so that was something that I feel like as a kid drove me. I was like, oh, my God, yes, <laughs> I'm different, you know, and mm. I, I can find where I belong. Like, I just have to keep going. At some point, it becomes cool to be your own person. But early on, that's got to have, like, not been fun to feel like I'm in Kansas. Everyone's happy being a farmer. Why am I not? Was that kind of kind of going through your head? Yeah, it was it was definitely hard for a little while as a kid. I mean, I remember actually like crying to my mom several times, asking her like why I was so different mm. and why you know God had to make me different. Like, mm. was I supposed to be to another family? Like, mm. what, what was the situation there? I did struggle with that a little as a kid, but I don't know. I you know she would just tell me you're special. You're you're not different. You're just special. Yeah. My mom definitely helped me a little get through that. But and as I got older, you know, I learned to more embrace the fact that I was different, mm-hmm. which is what I have continued to do. My differences are something now that I just really love about myself. Yeah, you stayed true to yourself, and now that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So how did you, like, you're in Kansas. What was kind of your, how, when did you ever leave Kansas? Or when, you, when were you ever like, okay, here's... Here's how life is outside of farming life in Kansas. When were some of the ways you first kind of got exposed to maybe the wider world? So I started what my, I want to say like junior summer, like junior year in high school. That summer, I started taking some, I would drive to Kansas City, which is like three hours. And I would uh, go to these classes for modeling. They were modeling classes. This agency had you go through these classes and if you had potential or they saw potential in you then they would sign you to be a model Mm -hmm. and so I went I made a trip like once a week for five or six weeks up to Kansas City for about two summers to do that and it was a great learning experience I did actually I did get signed they signed me as a model so that was that helped grow like my confidence Mm. that I'm like okay so I can you know I do have the goods or at least a little bit of what it takes and I stayed I tried to model kind of in Kansas City but I just I wasn't going anywhere you Mm. know I I did like a couple shoots there but it just wasn't I don't know there's just nothing really there it wasn't big enough it was actually that summer I well, there, I went through a summer of being homeless, hmm. and I, I lived out of my car. <laughs> After that, I decided I have nothing else to lose, so why not, you know, chase what I want to do, which is modeling. Mm-hmm. And so I had, like, looked at agencies and whatnot, and I had one in Denver that had responded back to me and was interested in signing me. And so that was kind of my first step to leave Kansas and go to Denver. I left here with, uh, I just took Chief with me, my dog, Mm. and me and him went out there. I didn't know anybody. I didn't really, you know, I was fresh kind of into modeling too and Mm -hmm. moved out there and just kind of jumped right into it, honestly. How did you go from, 
I'm in Kansas doing the farming thing with the farming family to now I'm living in my car for a while and I've got nothing to lose. What kind of led to that and do you think what it took for you to follow your dreams or how do you kind of look back on that now? I think that helped get me out of like living out of living in my comfort zone. Mm. <clears throat> There's actually a big thing that happened between me and my sister at the beginning of that summer. My dog chief He's my German Shepherd, and he he was still young. He wasn't even a year old yet. Mm-hmm. And my sister had a dog, too, and it was a Border Collie. And he was young. He was a year, but he was still a young dog. When you put two young dogs together, they have tendencies, you know, cause trouble. <laughs> they would chase our sheep. They ended up injuring a few, even killing a few, and that became, like, a big issue. It got to the point where my sister actually shot her dog because mm-hmm. of it. That was a big thing because I knew she loved that dog. And Mm -hmm. so to see her, like, shoot her own dog, that was like, oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. I remember my dad telling me that I needed to shoot mine. And that was something for me. I was like, no. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. that's, you know, that was her choice. She did that, whatever. But I'm not, like, no, I'm not doing that. Chief is the first German Shepherd that I've ever had. And I've... I've always had this dream of having a badass German Shepherd. <laughs> and so I was like, I'm not doing that. And so I started, I had to lock him up at night and just keep a close eye on him. And he was definitely on a short leash. Mm-hmm. And there was one morning that he actually was out chasing the pigs. Mm-hmm. This morning I was actually already packing because I was going to Kansas City or something. So I already had a bag packed, which worked out nice. <laughs> <laughs> so my sister came in the house and yelled, at me your dog's chasing my pigs like I'm gonna kill him Mm. and I was like oh god like I knew she was serious Mm -hmm. I ran out of the house she was already down by our uh, pigs or whatever and I remember running down there and she had the shotgun and Mm. um, yeah and like chief was like across the creek and she was like yelling at him to like come to her she was trying to get him to come and Mm. I was yelling at him to go I was like killing him to get away mm-hmm. and so that was just a crazy scene right there Wow! and yeah. then I grabbed the gun from her and I started trying to get it away from her because I was like you're not you're not killing my dog and we wrestled for the gun for a little while and I even I finally to get her to uh drop it I pointed it at my chest and I mm. said you're gonna have to kill me first if you're wow. gonna like you're gonna have to do it to me first and when I did that, she was just like, Grace, like, what What are you doing? Like, mm-hmm. put it down, kind of, you know, she was like, this is loaded, like, kind of thing. Uh-huh. So I got her to put the gun down, though, and that's when I, like, ran over. I grabbed Chief. I threw him in my car, and I locked my car. I ran up to my room. I got my bag. I threw it in my car, and I left. We had, Like, my Grandpa Wayne, actually, my Grandpa had, like, drove in the driveway as we were fighting over this gun. So that was, like, so, like... <laughs> For Kansas Farm, this is big drama. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Kind of like, oh, hey, grandma. (laughs) We're just, you know, solving something right now. (laughs) Um, And then, like, my dad's girlfriend and stuff were were in the house, and, like, she had yelled out the door at us to stop, and my sister had, you know, yelled back at her, like, shut the F up. (laughs) (laughs) She was pretty mad, kind of thing. But I didn't talk to anybody. I just, grabbed all my stuff and I I left I mean I was then afterwards my sister my sister actually caught a lot of shit for that Mm. they were they were mad 
Um, I saw my brothers were mad because our nephews or whatever were out at our pond, which is like a mile away, but they were mad because we could have endangered them and mm-hmm. stuff. And they actually started treating her pretty bad out here because yeah. of that. I understood why she was so mad, but it was the fact that I, and I also knew that she would kill him. Mm-hmm. Like she was definitely bold enough to do that. And so I Dogs have always been the one thing that are there for me, and they've been, they have a huge impact in my life, and mm-hmm. so I value them very highly, and so I was like, well, I, I can't go back there. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do with Chief, you know, and so mm-hmm. that was kind of the deciding factor of, I guess I'll just live out of my car for a little while. Mm-hmm. You've got a streak to you where if push comes to shove and you don't have any other options, like for the fighting for the things you love, it's like you'll, you'll bunker down and what? For your dogs, it's like this, if that means living out of your car, that's a pretty obvious decision to you. Yeah, yeah, it's something that I will definitely, I'll do it, you know, I'm not afraid. I don't, I don't like somebody having control over me in that way either. You're not going to go do anything else, so you have to stay here kind of thing. So I was kind of like, nope, like, I don't. (laughs) That kind of started your journey. So you've gone to Kansas City for your photo shoots. Where did you go for modeling after that? Uh, To Denver. Was that your first time out of the state? I traveled a little. So I, like, back in, like, junior high and stuff, I did, like, summer track. And I was on a traveling summer track team. Mm-hmm. Strictly, I, like, wanted to do that just so I could travel. Mm-hmm. We never really left the farm. We didn't go on family vacations or anything like that. So we kind of just stayed here. Farm doesn't take care of itself. Yeah. Yeah. And I always, I've just always had this hunger to explore and see what's out there and... None of my other siblings have that hunger, I guess, as much. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> They're more content with kind of staying where they know and whatnot. But I don't mm-hmm. know. I've just always had that. But Denver was the first time that I had just moved completely away mm-hmm. to a city even. Part of that's got to be like, awesome. Like, wow, I'm not in Kansas anymore. But then like the circumstances under which you left, like that sucks. So what kind of, what was your experience in Denver like? Oh, it was Number, I mean, when I first got there, I remember just being proud of myself for, like, making mm-hmm. this big step, doing this on my own kind of thing. And I did struggle. I think a lot of the, you know, the trauma was getting to me more than I knew that it mm. was getting to me. I was kind of pushing it down, pushing it down. Even in Kansas, I, like, jumped into the wrong, the, I don't want to say the wrong, but it wasn't the greatest way to handle something. I turned towards drugs to kind of numb the pain to push away the trauma to not Mm. have to think about that kind of thing when I went out to Denver I actually had stopped the drugs so that was a big point for me too I did get into a relationship it was good for a little while but then it backfired on me like pretty fast it's been one of the roughest definitely the roughest breakup that I've ever been through and he put me so 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 low Mm. And that's actually when I started turning towards the drugs again. Mm-hmm. I had nobody out there with me. I was all alone. And then the one person that I thought there with me was not. He was turning completely against me, mm. pushing me so, so, so far down. It was even He even kind of tried to like turn me against my modeling and question mm. me with that. It was a very hard, tough experience to go through. Besides that experience, though... I did kind of like push it down and it fueled my drive for modeling 
a lot because mm. I just went out and I did so many shoots and I met with so many photographers. I, you know, I booked a lot of gigs. Like I was killing it for a while. <laughs> so it did bring that drive for that. But after I was there for about two years, the market there wasn't quite big enough for what I was wanting. Mm-hmm. Doing full-time modeling was not really an issue unless you knew the right people. And I did not know the right people <laughs> or enough people, I guess. And so I had to pick up a couple part-time jobs. That just took a toll on my soul, kind of, because nine to five is just not something that, you know, after you work on a farm for so much, and then you go and you're working in the city, that's definitely just a whole different working environment. Sounds like quite the roller coaster ride. That must have been quite a bit to go through, both the high, you know, the highs must have been fun, and the lows are, must have been just awful out there. Like you said, you're by yourself. Mm-hmm. This is part of like you're being true to yourself in some regards of like this is I know I want to be try this modeling thing, but yet part of you you also like are mechanical, you're working on the farm, like so kinda like I'm kinda interested in that juxtaposition of like tell me kind of about both about like the side of you where it's like are you taking like engines out of cars and fixing tractors and doing how much actual mechanic stuff and farming stuff were you doing and then what's the modeling and the fashion that we were doing? And how do how do both those things kind of fit in one person? <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of weird to see both those. Well, with the mechanics and stuff, I definitely when I lived in Denver, I am so glad that I did work for my dad, and mm. I did learn the basics of mechanics and whatnot because my car had broke down several times. I was not making enough money to take it into a garage or to a mechanic because they just, they charged so much. I knew that they charged outrageous prices for little (laughs) things to be fixed. And so that was a big step for me to be like, you know what, I'm going to fix this myself. And I actually, I started building like my tool set and everything. (laughs) I I had it in like a shoe box actually for a little while. (laughs) I started, it was hard going from my dad's shop that has almost Uh... everything to Mm -hmm. having nothing I mean knowing what I needed to do to fix it but not having the tools and the parts Mm. I remember having to like longboard to the parts store to get my stuff and then longboard back to my place and then you know go through it and start changing everything I had to change a couple belts serpentine belt on my car I had to change the brakes oh I think there's some other oh the head gasket I changed that several times (laughs) you just kind of have to because I couldn't take it into a garage and I needed my car to get around for shoots. And growing up here and being around my dad, my dad is like one of the best mechanics. I know I definitely carried some of that with me, some of that knowledge. And so at the same time you're modeling, you're also doing this mechanic stuff on your car, which I just love the image where it's like, okay, that's two completely different worlds that are you're bringing together. Yeah, yeah. You definitely, you know, one minute I'm in heels and a dress, and the next I'm covered in grease and antifreeze. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and that was one thing that was actually hard was when you work, you know, when you work on the car, your nails and your hands get all cut up. Mm. That grease and that oil stays in, under your fingernails and stuff, and it's hard mm. to get out. And so that was one thing that was difficult was I was like, I have to keep in mind, you know, like you, you kind of have to have your hands not looking like junk. Here you're into fashion and then you're also like you, like when you're saying farming, it's not, you were actually like a legit farmer. Like you were running the big tractors by yourself and what all, what all was the farm life like? 
helping with harvest. We have to run, I'll run a combine tractor. I started out in a tractor and grain cart when I was little, and that's kind of what got me into it when I first started. I'd say 12. Yeah, 12 is when I first started. How big, like, how big are we talking this tractor is? Mm. Um, but I drove a 4960, which, <laughs> <laughs> your word, you probably don't know how big that is. And how many acres is that tractor are you doing in a day? So our harvest, we usually have four combines going, two tractor and grain carts going. And we can cut off at least 150, 200 acres a day. That's a world you're very familiar with. That's something that you are like comfortable in. You know that world. You enjoy it for some part, but then you're also into fashion. Mm-hmm. Usually those are two worlds that never talk to each other or they just look down on each other or they don't understand each other. What's it like for you? Like you're saying when you're at a photo shoot and like everyone kind of views things one way and then you're also used to like being with farmers and they, you understand how they view the world. What do you think that's taught you about life? It teaches me kind of a lot of balance. The farmers is more the logical side of things, whereas you go into the fashion world and it's more the creative and using your imagination kind of thing. So I feel like I have a good mindset logically. I also have this part inside of me that's just my imagination is huge. <laughs> I think growing up out here too, I had to kind of create my own, you know, you go outside and you play outside in the woods. And I kind of had to create my own, make up my own games kind of thing. A lot of times I was by myself with the animals even. So I think I have like a pretty big imagination just from mm-hmm. having to, you know, come up with something out of nothing. I mean, that's what I, I like the farming and that kind of world because I like like the hard work and the kind of hands-on kind of thing. But I don't necessarily like all the just, the more logical thinking is good, but it's also like, it's draining for me at the same time, Mm. you know? I like to like stay in my own little world and create my own little reality (laughs) that keeps me going kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So sometimes the farming world can just be a bit, a bit much. I imagine so. And do you do you think there's pressures to conform in both worlds? It just looks different? Or do you think one truly is like freer and more, like they value different things, right? But do you think, I mean, what's kind of your experience been around that? Is, is the art world more free and more open and accepting? Just as a general rule, maybe? Mm, I think they both kind of try to conform you to, you know, be more what people are thinking. Like hmm. farming world, They want you to be farmer's wife. You cook dinner for everybody. You (laughs) clean the house. You take care of the kids. You help, Mm -hmm. you know, you help your husband when he needs help kind of thing. Work dust till dawn. On the modeling side, I just kind of learned, like, there too, a lot of the modeling, they want you to be a certain height. They want you to be, you know, a certain weight, a certain way, look Mm -hmm. a certain way kind of thing. So in that way, they kind of want you to conform too. I don't really, you know, I don't conform to either. I kind of have my own, <laughs> my own you. look, my own personality, my own kind of just vibe going. Kind of a trip to be rebelling against both of them in a way. Being true to yourself, which might mean rebelling against what both sides are asking of you, which is cool that you're still choosing to not conform to either is like one's kind of reactionary against the other. It was two years out here in Denver. What was kind of some of the the coolest things you kind of felt you worked on? And then what happened after those two years? 
I did so many shoots, man. I met a lot of amazing, talented people there. I grew a lot, you know, just discovering and gaining confidence in my abilities to model Mm. was definitely a big thing being out there too. It was a different world of like people really valued the my creative side you know whereas mm. here where i've grown up like people didn't really value that here mm-hmm. they kind of was like i <laughs> thought that was weird <laughs> <laughs> whereas there you know those that side of me people really valued it whereas more of the independent and you know kind of hard working kind of fades back they don't mm. you don't really see that as much I worked on several awesome projects with companies like freebird Two years of, in one sense, being out like your dreams of playing with your Barbies growing up and making them clothes. Now this is, you're working for companies doing this and it's a production, killing it during the day, but then you come home and it's like, oh man, this is dragging me down. What happened after two years? After two years, I just kind of, I don't know, I'd hit this point where I'd shot with, you know, all the great photographers and it just like, it slowed down. It slowed Mm. down a lot. And my health started affecting me too. I started uh, having a lot of pain in like my back and stuff, and I didn't know, you know, what that was coming from. Found out it was scoliosis, but it was also I started turning to drugs to help me find happiness, especially after I had been put so low from this other person. Yeah, I looked to them to try to find happiness, and of course, like they were not giving me that. It wasn't really working, and so it led to more abusing those drugs. I didn't know how else to find it, you know, in a world that mm-hmm. I was new to, everything was strange. I didn't feel like I could find like uh, a place of peace almost, you know, being out in the mm. boonies. I was raised where I was alone and you could just, you could walk outside and walk 10 feet and you wouldn't be surrounded by anyone or anything kind of thing. Mm. whereas I'm in Denver and there's people around me all the time I could never I don't know breathe almost in a way what did you learn from all that or like you're saying you're looking for like drugs were in one sense giving you happiness at least initially and then making things worse off in the longer runs the drugs at first they helped when I was more in Kansas they were more of Mm. a like eye-opener to like almost help find myself kind of thing using them when I was in Denver it was it was for the wrong reasons completely Mm. it added up now I look back on it and I see how blind I was I mean I was distracted from my goal of modeling even Mm. if I didn't completely think I was I was Mm. that's also why like I wasn't going anywhere my focus was more on the drug that I was doing and chasing that high and worried about you know if I had enough for later to make me through get me through the day kind of thing then Mm. it was chasing my goals of modeling and you know furthering myself and being more creative with things it definitely distracted me from the goal and I mean I felt it I wasn't going anywhere I kind of hit I hit a wall Mm. how did you get out of that wall I actually I came back home I came back to Kansas it was a big step for me to come back Mm-hmm. And it was actually, it was really, really scary. But mm-hmm. I, I remember being in, number one, I remember my health. I remember being in so much pain and not having the money to go to a doctor and knowing mm-hmm. that. And I remember, like, trying, you know, calling my mom and, like, 
asking her what I should do, and she would kind of try to help me through the phone, but, you know, even she didn't know what was going on. I mean, I had three dogs with me. (laughs) I had my three (laughs) dogs with me, so trying to provide for them, because I... I don't. I always put them first. I would always make sure they had food, even if I didn't. Wow. So I definitely, you know, put my health second, which wasn't really the smartest thing to do. And it was actually my dogs actually saved me in a way because my two ended up getting together, getting stuck <laughs> together, and so my female got pregnant. And that day was actually the day that I was like, all right, yeah, I I'm gonna have to go back. I'm gonna have to go back home. Because it's so hard. It was so hard already to find a place to live with three dogs. And to, and my lease was coming up. I'd been calling my dad. Uh, I remember in those times too. Because uh, the depression was really creeping up on me. And I just remember calling him to talk to him. And I remember him, I remember him telling me that he was proud of me. Aww. And that was like the biggest. That was huge for me at that moment. Probably mm-hmm. one of the things that really kept me going in those days that I was there mm. was him saying that because he's definitely one of the bravest and strongest people, you know, that I know. And mm-hmm. just and he's never been super affectionate. Mm-hmm. Him being a farmer, he's never been super affectionate. So for mm-hmm. him to tell me that, you know, he was proud of me for going out there and doing that on my own was definitely, uh, yeah, it definitely felt good to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> I started kind of mending that bond back with my dad with that. And I had asked him, you know, like, is there any chance I can go back and help you and work for you on the farm? Because he was telling me about, you know, how he didn't have any hired men and he, you know, didn't really have any help. And he was having to work harder now than he did when he was 40 kind of thing. And mm-hmm. so I was like, well, hey, perfect. <laughs> like, let me come back. <laughs> let me help you. Mm-hmm. He knew I needed help too. I think mm-hmm. he could kind of definitely tell by talking to me on the phone that I was struggling and I needed help. Yeah. So what was coming back home like? I, well, number one, I, from leaving, I definitely, I remember saying like, oh, I'm never going to come back to Kansas. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> here I am coming back. So it was definitely a kind of a, a moment of like, and I remember telling myself like, this is not a step back because that's kind of what the back of my mind was telling me is that I was taking Mm. a step back and Mm -hmm. I was like, no, this is, this is not a step back. This is a step forward. I remember and coming back, like I've been able to appreciate things like I didn't before lived in the city. Um, I lived in the city. I had the city experience so I could appreciate the, the fact that there's, you can drive for miles and not see people out here. Mm. that now is like oh my god there's so much open space like it's awesome Mm. uh (laughs) all the farm animals are just i love it honestly having that and when you say farm animals what what animals do you have out there cows pigs horses we don't have any sheep and goats which i wish we did but my dad (laughs) just keeps bringing home pigs (laughs) (laughs) we have chickens and ducks I have all the dogs, <laughs> cats, we have cats too. So we have quite a bit of animals and like that was kind of my job was to take care of the animals, mm. um, which thank gosh, cause that's definitely my favorite thing. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Cause I was just so tired of Kansas. Whereas now I'm like, no, this is actually a pretty, pretty nice place to be. Welcome back with 
by my dad with open arms, mm -hmm. which was a big because you know I was definitely you know, I didn't know how <laughs> what how that would work how what would go mm -hmm. on anything. Mm -hmm. My mom was happy to have me back, and my mom's a sweetheart. I mean, mm -hmm. even if you know me and her haven't quite seen eye to eye, like she's always happy to see me, kind of thing, and so. That's nice. Yeah. My dad's girlfriend that he had at the time actually left because I came back. She didn't want to be around me, I guess. Wow. And, okay. yeah, she tried to give my dad the ultimatum, kind of wow. like, yeah. And that was a huge thing for me to hear, to hear that my dad chose me over her. That really, like, that really hit home. Mm. It was a good, good to have when I first got back. To have that like wow you you actually chose me first like that's that's awesome thank you so i was kind of shocked i was that's very meaningful yeah mm -hmm. but it was definitely yeah made it and me and my dad like we have a really great relationship now and i think it's more of i used to not be so close with my dad um just because you know he's always working and he's not the more affectionate mm. one and i was younger i was kind of dumb I was I was stubborn too I'm like him stubborn we never could quite see eye to eye until left and was in Denver for two years that's when I started to really like appreciate like just the fact that my dad taught me so much because I wouldn't have been able to make it out there without like just being yeah, able to fix my own car and stuff and so I kind of grew this like respect for him that really helped like our relationship that's really cool. Yeah, so it's like the even though he couldn't express it, the skills he was teaching you proved to actually be like put you forward in life. When he at the time he was teaching you, you're like, this sucks. Like yeah, why? yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, why are you making me? I don't want to be a farmer. Like this is what I want to do. But then but yeah, going off, I was like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> well, this is a good skill to have anyways. Definitely, it opened my eyes being on my own. Like how smart my dad is and just how handy of a man he is at the time you were kind of experiencing it as i don't want this for my life so he's he's trying to give you the good things he knows but you know that's not necessarily what you want for your life so it makes you kind of against it but now you're like this i guess i'm getting to like what is kind of your view of the future like you're back in kansas is that where the story ends or what kind of do you view life going forward as i'm hoping to move out to la someday i definitely like i love being out here on the farm and i love the farm work and everything but it is not my passion. It is not, you know, what I could just do for the rest of my life. I have a, I don't know what you want to call it, a knack for entertaining. I, I like <laughs> to, I like to make people laugh. I like to make people smile. I also, I like to make, uh, there's a saying that's, people will always remember the way that you made them feel. Mm -hmm. And that is something for me that is, I don't know. It's huge. I want to be able to impact people on mm. on that kind of level. I do want to slowly, I do want to get into acting. And I think that's one of the reasons why I am kind of turning towards acting more too is because the movies that I've watched, they, they make me feel something. I want to be able to impact people's lives like that. Movies and being impacted like that, that was your only lifeline for kind of life outside of Kansas or one of the big ones growing up? Yeah, definitely. You know, it was my place to be like, wow, like to let my imagination kind of run wild. Watching movies and seeing that other people, like it wasn't just me that was different. Like there are other people that are different too. Like 
and mm-hmm. they're going out and they're doing this stuff. Like I can do it too. <laughs> like it yeah. would definitely, you know, <laughs> give me that motivation, and it made a big part in my life. That's something you experienced that you're wanting others to as well, and to be part of, kind of presenting that to people, or maybe telling your version of a story or something, being part of a story that's being told to kind of do that for others. My story even can help people in a way. You know, I've been through. I've been through a lot, I've experienced a lot, and I feel like with that, I can I can offer an understanding, at least, to others and for others, that if I can't help them, I at least, you know, I try to understand, you know, where they're coming from kind of thing, and just try to show people that, you know, you can, you can go through shit, <laughs> and you can still come out positive with it. There's, there is light at the end of a dark tunnel, like there is. Your whole journey, like uh, like finding, you know, like finding forgiveness, healing from your past, not becoming bitter, being positive. Any last thoughts you have to share, just up to this point in your journey so far? Big thing that I have like stuck with most of the summer is finding the grace, and that's not just like me as a person. <laughs> Truly, the grace of being able to forgive yourself for you know the mistakes you've made through my life. I have made mistakes. You know, I've made mistakes with people maybe just Mm -hmm. the way I've handled things I've definitely made mistakes that doesn't define me you know my Mm -hmm. I'm not my mistakes Mm -hmm. Um, but they have made me grow they have given me so much just knowledge and being able to understand you know they've I've been at the low point so I can understand like when somebody's at a low point I can understand what they're going through and try to help Mm -hmm. them instead of putting them down for being at a low point mm-hmm. or judging them even like I have no place I have no place to judge anyone that's not that's not really my job to do anyways part of what you described like now now that you've come back home and you've kind of recentered yourself you're like wow looking back I see how blind I was and how I didn't I wasn't even aware that I was numbing things or I wasn't dealing with them what would you say to someone who might be in that place how, how would you kind of know if you're doing that I think honestly, being able to open up and the fact that if I'm able to talk about, you mm. know, my life, if I'm if I'm trying to hide something, mm-hmm. then obviously I'm pushing it down or I'm trying to cover mm. it up. You know, that was definitely one thing where I'm like, oh, everything's going good, but I still had this little like secret under my shoulder, like, oh, you're you're on drugs. or you're doing this Um, coming back and opening up to people and actually talking about it has just lifted so much off of my chest Mm. and I've realized like wow no this this is this is good like the fact that I can talk about it the fact that Mm -hmm. I'm able to do that it just changes the game completely and like coming back and getting sober and everything is is, was the best decision that I've ever made it I mean it took a lot of courage it took a lot of will (laughs) but now like being back here and I've opened up you know with my mom about those experiences and that's just been great because it's brought me and her closer together and Mm. she was not there to judge me she was more there to tell me she's so proud of me for being able to um get sober because that Mm. was you know that's something that not a lot of people are able to do yeah I feel like it's also that drive that like the fact that she you know she's proud of me for that I take time to notice the fact that she didn't judge me and put me down Mm. for any of that she 
chose to be proud of me for getting over it. And that kind of fuels my like drive to stay sober. So let's say people listen to this, they're excited, they think you're doing cool things. What's how? What's some of your social media? What's some ways they can kind of follow you and see kind of what's going on with your life today or in the future? You can definitely follow my Instagram, hippiegg. I, that's usually where I post a lot. That's where I put most of my stuff. I do have a YouTube channel. That is hippiegg too. If you look that up, I should take you to it. That's where I post my creative. That's kind of how I express myself. I take my own photos. I have been getting shoots, post photos. I actually, I love making videos too. I make videos. I make a lot of stories out here. I've seen you bottle feeding raccoons, possibly deer, and sometimes you're a guy doing I don't know what. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, uh, Yeah, there is that. There is that guy. (laughs) Sketch comedy. Yep. Yep, I will dress up as a dude to do videos. I mean, it just makes it funnier if you see a girl dressed as a dude. You are being you on your channel. It's like you're getting the full spectrum of like the whole farm life, the fashion life, then this whole I'm going to be myself, which may be, you know, playing a guy in a song. But then there's also, I think, like a, I don't know, a poem. I don't know what you would call it, but like an anxiety where you're talking oh, about. Oh, yeah, being... my monologue that I did. Yeah. And that was very like emotionally powerful where it's like you're really talking and expressing like how you feel. That's what people can get. It's kind of a very full view of kind of what's going on in your world by following you on those like on YouTube and Instagram. I think I have a, a quite a bit of personality. I have I have a lot of, you know, I have some darker stuff that I've uh, that monologue. Actually, I, I wrote myself, uh, performed it kind of thing. And that was kind of uh, something for me to kind of practice my acting too. Uh, but then I also have, you know, my more happy side that I like to go to more. And so you kind of get a mix of both, I guess. You're being real. You're sharing yeah. who you are, all of it. Yeah. Yeah. I go through the motions. I go through the emotions. But I'm, you know, I'm goofy. I'm weird. Uh, I can be serious and I can, I can be sad, I guess. You're uniquely you and exactly. you're not going to be anyone else. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. There must be angels.